Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast, hopefully with acceptable volume and audio levels. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christofferson, Michael Brunts. We got the full house here, May 30th. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Yeah, it was like two weeks where dad left and we <laughs> threw parties and there was like paint on the carpet and we were trying to get out and we couldn't. We broke a family vase You guys, you were gone. You guys didn't stay off the furniture? No. No. There's all sorts of shenanigans that occurred. Pizza boxes everywhere. It was like, what, like an, an 80s movie broke out here for two weeks while I was gone? Yeah, basically, yes. Yeah, Tom Hanks stopped by. That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> so how are you uh, recovering from your essentially month off here? Uh, good. It's good. Um, I'm severely jet-lagged, so I can't really be held responsible for anything I say here today. But uh, I'm good. Yeah, you made an interesting comment before we started the show where you basically said, you know, when you last left, Nebraska baseball was in one spot and now they're in a regional and people seem to be optimistic about it. You have no idea what's happened with the football program. And I guarantee you, you couldn't name Nebraska basketball's roster since they turned the whole damn thing over. After you left. I look forward to learning a lot today about what's taken place over the last two and a half weeks. So with all of that being said, I, we might as well just let Brunts kind of dictate where we're going to go with things because it's a it's a learning episode. What does Brunts want to learn? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's start. Pick your curriculum. Let's start, uh, let's start with football, I guess. Um, here's what I do know. You know something. I do know something. I know that Nebraska announced five kickoff times today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kickoff time season, spelled S-Z-N. Uh, Does that run congruent with award season? It is. Or, well, not even not award season. Excuse Watch me. Watchlist season. Watchlist season. Um, Nobody's made one that I've noticed. There might have been one that slipped by us, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> are you, Ryan, are you saying things got by us when Brunts was gone? <laughs> is that what, is that what you're trying to say? It's possible. We, we weren't minding the store well enough. <laughs> so here's here's the kick times that we currently know. Um, the opener against South Alabama, 11 a.m. USA! 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 Is, uh, who's their head coach now? Is it still that Joey Jones guy? Uh, yeah, I just talked to him on a Sharp and Benning radio program. Uh, a very southern gentleman. That's that's yeah. what I can tell you. That's what I remember about Mr. Jones as well. Uh, 11 a.m. kick for the opener on ESPN. Um, it's going to probably be about 115 degrees that day. It is not Joey Jones. He get They're, fired? He... So you talked to another southern gentleman? <laughs> yeah. You talked to a guy who was impersonating <laughs> nope. the South, that he was a South Alabama head coach. He's a very nice guy. <laughs> I hope you didn't address Definitely him. someone that you would get a beer and an apple pie with if you were Bill Moose. Steve Campbell. <laughs> He's coached at a number of different levels, had wow. success at the JUCO level, at the FCS level, uh, and then moved into this position last year. Fun fact about South Alabama, chance that they might be the worst team in all of FBS this year. Really? Yeah. Really? I didn't They're going to struggle. Isn't Idaho still or New Mexico State? No, they're gone. Idaho's out. New Mexico State? Uh, there, there's, so basically there's like five teams. If you, if you read the Bill Conley preview stuff, he has no idea what to make of South Alabama because all of their numbers point for them being pretty bad when last year they were supposed to be a lot better and they were pretty bad. Gotcha. So... Their schedule, um, relatively tough. The Sun Belt, you need, 
a competitive enough conference. Nebraska lost to a Sun Belt team last year, but South Alabama could be one of the worst teams that you've seen in a while. So they're going to be at, here at 11 a.m. They don't have a quarterback. On the 31st. They're replacing a the running back. They don't have wide receivers. They'll be interesting. I can only assume people are whining about that kick time already, but what pops out to me is that's like one of the prime games. Like the opening week, like when you're out at 11 a.m. on ESPN, you're like the first taste of college football for the season on the channel right after game yeah. day which we won't get into our thoughts on game day. We've hurt people's feelings with that before. But you know where we stand. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But there are people who watch it, and I think that's a good slot. I mean, we love it but because we like getting home by it. Well, think about it. I mean, Adrian Martinez could have one of the opening highlights of the season. You exactly. bust off a big run on that first drive, you could be one of the first teams to score a touchdown. You could officially start the Heisman campaign by 11.05 a.m. on August 31st. Yeah, against what I had mentioned is going to be a pretty bad South Alabama team. So Nebraska follows that up with a road trip to Colorado, which is going to be a 2.30 central time kick, 1.30 mountain. Um, I was pleased to see that time because I was really afraid that that was going to be a late kick um, that the Pac-12 is known for. So you, you get the you're going to get the full view of, of Colorado and, and the beautiful setting of Folsom Field that day, which which will be good. Get you, you get it, get in there, get out, get home. That'll be a picturesque game. Yeah, I forget you don't like Folsom Field. No, I'm very pro. Okay, I was gonna say I I thought that we were both on the same page there. I think it's one of my favorite just venues that I've been to you combine the campus and everything and the day that I went in November the same day the Tiger Woods's life melted down essentially that's what I remember mostly from that trip out to Colorado uh but it's gorgeous you, you just thought it was just a car accident well at the time yeah little did we know and then he he just had his redemption tour he did he's back and now he's playing in the memorial tournament going on right now uh September 14th Northern Illinois back at home for under the lights, FS1, 7 p.m. Get excited. Northern Illinois, new head coach. Um, I'm blanking on the guy's name that completely ripped Nebraska apart. He went on to the Sutton NFL. Smith. He Sutton went to Smith. the NFL. Yes, thank you. He can't hurt you anymore, uh, but they'll be playing at 7 p.m. Uh, October 5th, Pat Fitzgerald and his scrappy bunch of Wildcats come into Lincoln at either 2.30 or 3 p.m. for homecoming. <laughs> I love when they do those. Yeah. And <laughs> a very underrated time slot. It is. It's very underrated. And uh, no uh, blanking on the quarterback. I told you this is going to happen a lot. Clayton um, Thorson. Yeah, he can't hurt you anymore either. Yeah. Um, and then Iowa, Kirk Ferentz. Brings. Neither can Nagel. No, he's gone too. Yeah. Yeah, Northwestern's going to be bad. He'll have. They'll have somebody. That defense is going to be pretty good. Yeah, they'll be bad. That's going to be like a. 20 to 17 game. That's every Northwest. They don't yeah. finish higher than fourth in the division. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let me make that prediction right now. Okay. So Eight South three, Alabama, yeah. bad. Northwestern, bad. Yeah, they're bad. Okay. And then uh, Central Iowa, Central Iowa's own Kirk Ferentz brings the Hawkeyes in for a 130 dance on the BTN on uh, November 29th. That's an interesting slot. So, uh, ABC and, and Fox said 
no go on uh, Nebraska Iowa. I don't know exactly how that worked out, but was the game on BTN? Yeah, though? it's on BTN. Wow, the, this is the the last dance before the breakup for a couple of years, right? Yeah, and they go to Minnesota. Which, it's smart of actually. It's it's good that that game's on BTN than getting lost on like FS1. I think like BTN, had, the Big Ten might as well claim that game and somebody's got to own it yeah <laughs> make a big the big 10 network could make like a huge show around it on black friday well you could there's conceivably the scenario where that game's deciding your big 10 west division winner i'm sure that's what they're thinking well, northwestern's not going to be involved so <laughs> well they're getting at least fourth if not worse in the division they, they could bring they could bring jerry and howard and the boys out and have a little little live thing from lincoln that day have the uh, studio desk set up on the field like, yeah. before the game. Mm. Will they have the tailgate that'll get shut down for cold weather beforehand, too? I hope so. The highly, highly attended tailgate? Yes. That rivals the game day? Yes. Atmosphere? That's two game day mentions, one more, and we shut the pod down. <laughs> um, Promise? Yes. So those are your five. Um, Obviously, the big one we're waiting on is... Uh, Ohio State. That's you wouldn't expect that to be on the list, though. I thought he was gonna roll right into the mention right there <laughs> with the Ohio State. Why, why? Why are we waiting that one? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna say the words. What, what else could happen? What might be in town that week? What are you no, looking forward to? Is it Ryan Day? I think. I think people are Justin be Fields bummed to epic proportions when that game is put on Fox at 11 a.m. Because you know Fox wants to. They're big the games at eleven. Games yeah. at eleven, and people are just. Not I'm already excited it. about that possibility. In all honesty, but eleven a.m. Yes. Can't get the recruits in though. I don't. I don't even believe that anymore. They know, played Mike. how many eleven a.m. games last year, and they still managed to get recruits in when it mattered. They had eleven a.m. against Michigan State late in the season. They had a great visit weekend. Then they had eleven a.m. against Minnesota, and they had multiple commitments that came out of that weekend. It's just a matter of the schedule falling and lining up with guys' high school's, uh, you know, obligations. So, and if it doesn't work that weekend, you find another weekend to get them in. You're but killing just, a but, July story staple. But it's Ohio. Right? I, no, I. But it's Ohio <laughs> State, Mike. The, I used to be the guy that. It's that Ohio State. Beat the drum for that. You, you want them it in the. Matter. You want you want the butts in the seats that weekend. Well, the butts will be in the seats. I don't know that they're going to be in there. They got they've got things to do. They got games. Oh, are we talking the recruits? Yeah. Well, it's September. They're, they're not there. What are you going to do about it? There's nothing you can do. I'm going to talk about it. I want to bitch about it. Well, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't. I've, I've totally changed my opinion on the idea of start times and recruiting correlation. Most of your class is put to bed well before you play that game. Well, I don't know that that's the case. The, the it recruiting, will be. Recruiting has been pretty slow. That's all I've read for the last I couple know. weeks. It has been slow. You, you didn't miss anything in that department. But June's around the corner, and you know what happens in June? What? Sometimes there's commitments. Okay. That's, that's generally what happens. Camps. Lots of camps. There's camps. <laughs> Nebraska will have some camps. Don't you want Ohio State at night, though? I do. I want to I, see that It would be in. better. Yeah. Well, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's best that it's 11 a.m., yeah. but I don't think it ruins Nebraska's ability to recruit kids by not having it. Right. At 7 p.m. And if they have to have them come out for some other game, it's still a game day atmosphere. It's just not the one that they're wanting or hoping for. And you're getting South you know, Alabama at 11 a.m. Well, Kid, that could be kids. the atmosphere some people are getting on a long weekend with the Labor Day. 
Ohio State follows what I called last week the trap game on Nebraska's schedule, and I did so with clenched teeth, but Nebraska-Illinois. So that's your trap game, huh? That's the game I picked. That's the only game I was for sure they're going to be favored in. <laughs> There's others I think they'll be, you know, slight favorites here and there. Indiana, Maryland are possibilities for that discussion. So I, I think Maryland could potentially be a trap game if they're going into a situation where yeah. they've got to close out November strong to to win the Big Ten West for the first time under Scott Frost. you got a young team dealing with the expectations. Maybe you're coming off of some – important wins at that point you got iowa on a short week and you have to go to maryland which is probably going to be a sleepy place to go play probably going to be a noon kick on the east coast and it might be a team that is better athletically than people are ever going to give it credit for they usually because they recruit fairly well and they give people tough games they just don't win enough stefan diggs well yeah we know about stefan diggs there's a couple i think ej henderson too Couple that could fall. I mean, I think Maryland could because you've got Wisconsin at home the previous week. Yep. Um, going to that one, and I, I, f- it feels to me like Mike Loxley's going to work at Maryland. At least, you know, it, it felt like DJ Durkin before the you know bottom fell out there. Um, kind of had it going too. One way to phrase it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that, that that's a scary team to play late in the year because they could either be really down looking for some kind of season defining win or playing decent football at that point. And the other one I, I would probably look at too would be um, that road game at Minnesota because you're coming off of back-to-back games against Ohio State, Northwestern at home, and you turn around and go on the road against Minnesota, who I, I think is going to be has the potential to be pretty good. I don't. I don't think they're going to win the West, but I, I think they're going to beat some teams that they probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think they're going to be better than Northwestern? Uh, I, I would put them about the same. I, I could see them tying for third, <laughs> just, just sliding <laughs> underneath the fourth or worst prediction. I I respect you for making that happen. Here's why I said Illinois. I think you. You have to almost be a little presumptuous on a few of them that Nebraska's favored. Like, I think they'll be favored at Minnesota, but it just kind of depends how the season goes, and I, I think some that'll be a, a close game prediction-wise. Maryland, to me, is, is maybe the best pick the more I think about it because it's between Wisconsin and Iowa, and I would guess Nebraska's favored if they have the season we're thinking. The reason I said Illinois, it was the one game – it was kind of a list about pick a true upset. And to me, that's like a true, yeah. true upset. Yeah, it's that's fair. One, it's like the one game on the schedule where like, man, Nebraska lost to those guys kind of thing. But it's also right before they host Ohio State and crappy Northwestern. Nonetheless, the last, you know, last year's two division champions. And Illinois, for as much as we bag on them and lovey, and they don't have a quarterback. I think they he's like kind of stockpiled some interesting athletes where early in the season you got to be a little bit on guard. I I think Nebraska will win by several scores probably, but I'll tell you what, of all the games on the schedule that would be a bummer if they lost, it's Illinois. That would that would really bring down the flags a little bit heading into the showdowns. Does Illinois have a quarterback? I, no. I, I think I no, ask that every week, don't. but 
They so they apparently were going to get the kid out of USC, and then he didn't. Well, and then I don't know if they actually wanted him. And then they really wanted Tommy Stevens, and he went to Mississippi State. They were just linked with a Big Ten quarterback recently. And I can't think of who it is off the top of my head. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think that they have their quarterback situation figured out long term. It's going to be Isaiah Williams, but for this upcoming season, they don't necessarily have anyone ready to roll. Gotcha. And unfortunately, Illinois had uh, one of their best players had a serious yes uh, accident here while you were gone. I don't know if you saw this or not. Bobby Roundtree. One of the better defensive players in really the country, in all honesty, outstanding defensive end, had an accident while diving, I believe, oh. and uh, his season, potentially career, is in jeopardy. Oh, wow. So, uh, an unfortunate offseason thus far for Illinois. What else did I miss? Well, Nebraska hosted a visitor yeah. on Tuesday. I think you had returned to the United States at that point, or some form of the United States, and I was in Detroit, so I don't it know if that an counts. airport, yeah. Uh, look, it counts. It's right next to Canada. It's almost Canada, but it's not. And there's an outstanding baseball park that everybody should go visit and bubble hockey in a nearby bar. So uh, that's our bubble hockey. Did, did you? Did Are you going to do that, by the way? Are, were you serious about that? You really getting bubble hockey? Um, thinking about it. Like thinking, thinking? I looked like, at prices. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, no. no. I, learned, I learned that. I, I listened to, the, to that podcast because I could hear it. But um, <laughs> and, and thanks, Brunch. Yeah, we appreciate your, your that. ears pick up on the words bubble hockey. I, I, and I, I perked whoop. up. I was like, huh? Yeah. Uh, Nebraska hosted a visitor. I'm just moving on. Nebraska hosted a visitor on Tuesday. Travis Vokalek, a Rutgers tight end that is transferring. The son of DJ Vokalek, a college football assistant who had spent time at Buffalo with Lance Lapold, who spent time at Northern Illinois, or excuse me, Northern Iowa, at uh, Missouri State. I'm trying to think of the other schools he's been at. And there's some connections there with Nebraska's staff. He came out for a visit, six foot six, 240-pound tight end, would be a junior, sit out a year. He would be in the same class as Austin Allen, Kurt Raftall. I don't know what to make of this visit. I really don't. It's an unofficial visit. He's looking at Iowa, Kansas State, Nebraska. A decision could come as early as today or tomorrow. He told Ryan Wallace of GoPowerCat.com that he likes all of the offenses because they utilize the tight ends. We'll see what he ends up doing. It would be a surprise to me if Nebraska's final slot for their 2019 roster was used on a tight end. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I did see a little bit about it, and it surprised me that, you know, given what you would perceive as needs uh, on the roster, that you would go tight end, especially for a guy that would have to, you presume, sit out um, a year. And the other thing that, you and know. It's not like they don't, they like their tight end room. Yeah, and it, it's, it's tough, too. I mean, when you start adding guys, uh, you know, at this point in the season, it, it's, you know, every you know, middle linebacker or something like that. You know, it's it's tough. I think because I think if you're adding a guy that can help you right away with that last spot, you have to be pretty selective because a, a spot like middle linebacker is that guy going to be able to learn the defense that quickly? Um, you know, other spots, you know, have similar challenges. 
uh, I, I would be surprised, I guess, to, to see. It seems it seems like the schools that were involved with him all had connections to that Northern Iowa staff that his dad was on. Because Chris Kleiman, I guess, was on that staff as well at K-State. Yep. Uh, now at K-State. So, um, Iowa obviously connected to it and coaches it again yeah. back and forth between those two staffs. Yeah. It, it, I guess I would, I would be surprised. Same. But that's – that's basically what you missed. Nebraska made a couple intriguing junior college offers. Ethan Downs when you were town. gone. Ethan Downs is here, twenty twenty one, defensive end, outside linebacker, target out of Weatherford, Oklahoma. It was a big visit for him. He said it basically set the standard for what he wants going forward. He's going to take some other huge visits. He's already got LSU and Penn State offering outside of the region for both of those teams, essentially. And Oklahoma has yet to make an offer, but I'm sure that's going to be coming for a kid who might be the number one player in that state. So that was kind of your recruiting that you missed. Nebraska's got a camp that they are attending tomorrow. I will be at it in St. Louis. Uh, The mega camp at Lindenwood, there'll be over 70-some programs at it. Uh, St. Louis, an area where the Huskers have yet to make any traction. They didn't make a top 10 list for a defensive end that they already hosted on a junior day here recently. They didn't make a number of top 10 lists on other recruits that they have offers out to. They're going to try to go solve that St. Louis Rubrics cube. We'll, uh, we'll see what we learn this week. That, that That's an interesting puzzle, right? I don't understand it because I don't I can't think of any other area of the country where they've invested that much time with little to no result from it. And it's not just this staff either. I mean, it's no, it's been the last three staffs, basically dating back to Trey Bryant. And well, even before that, I mean, they were trying to go into St. Louis under Bo Pelini too. I mean, they had Ezekiel Elliott out here for an unofficial visit for a junior day. They had Brian Wallace from Christian Brothers Academy. I mean, they went into St. Louis a lot with no success uh, under Pelini too. So it was, it hasn't mattered which staff it is. It's just Nebraska has not made any headway at all in that area, and I don't fully understand why. Thoughts? Concern? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a concern, right? I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, an area of in, in the 500-mile radius, you're, what, seven hours? And it, it seems, I mean, St. Louis, I think, is tough because you're you're close to SEC country. You're close to you know ohio state those programs in the big 10 too but it is a bit of a head scratcher to me that nebraska hasn't gotten more traction not even you know getting into final groups but just making the cut for some guys that you're you're looking at some of these lists and you're like you know nebraska should be in that mix somewhere well it felt like a couple of years ago they were going to have that class where missouri was kind of prominent and then it just fell apart you know you had they had some really interesting guys they were on. And I think some of it got disrupted a little bit, honestly, by Lovey Smith making that hire. Um, Corey, Patterson. Corey Patterson. Um, who basically has brought along a bunch of those dudes from St. Louis, and they already know him and feel comfortable with him, and that's the whole reason he was brought there. So I think that's made it tougher. Uh, but – it was it was one of those things where it felt like there was momentum, and then two or three, you know, two guys decommitted. Goodrich was one of them. Uh, what Cameron, Cameron? Cameron Brown was another. And you know, if those guys had landed here, 
and things had stayed the same, we might be talking about it a little differently. But um, you know, this this staff's gonna have to get their own uh, boots in the ground there and, and build relationships. Yeah. Well, we'll have more on St. Louis next week after I return from that trip, and when we return from a quick break here, we'll be discussing. Nebraska baseball's recent run of form since Brunt's left the country, if that is due for a change, much like the Oakland A's. And we'll see how many players Brunt's can actually name on Nebraska basketball's roster when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I don't know if Brian saw this, but Evan Daniels was asked about Nebraska's roster flip last week in a column that he writes. This is basically just kind of a Twitter mailbag. And he said something that I thought was really interesting. He uh, he thought Nebraska had done a nice job getting a lot of high upside guys, but the player he's most excited about to see going forward in this roster is Delano Banton. He thinks his potential is maybe the highest out of that group, and he's someone that can play all over that system. Well, he's his a guy in his skill level. He reclassified. Yeah, and if you you just look at photos of him. He needs a, a year off, like to, to add weight. Yeah. But you could see where. But he's a six eight guy that can handle the ball, right? That can also learn to play down low. He isn't going to be Roby in that he's protecting the rim in the same way. But he he has long arms. Well, should Roby have been protecting the rim in that way? No, I mean he shouldn't. Have. Right. He's played out of position right, for right, right. three years. Right. But um, Delano Banton is a guy that could be maybe the the player you forget about because he didn't play this year that could really help the team going forward. Uh, and that's something that Evan Daniels, who is fairly close to the situation with Nebraska uh, and one of our top evaluators at 24-7 Sports, had mentioned, so I wanted to throw that in there. Anything else jump out to you basketball-wise? Yeah, give, we... give me the – so I know – I know about Samari Curtis. I've been because he was kind of talking to Nebraska before I left. But Derek Walker was the one that kind of caught me by surprise. Um, I think I actually texted you guys at like three in the morning, like who the hell's Derek Walker? But what's his deal? Yeah, he's a six foot eight, back to the basket, um, big. I mean, he's a he's a guy that's a true inside player that isn't gonna you know stretch defense as much offensively but can bang and get rebounds and slam home dunks he had a a nice freshman year and followed it up Tennessee a lot better this year he didn't have much playing time with Grant Williams ahead of him on the depth chart he was slated for more playing time but felt like he wanted to get out of the situation 
He originally was at, I can't remember which school in Kansas City, I want to say Raytown, and then finished up his career with Sunrise Academy in Wichita. Yep. believe he was recruited lightly by Abdelmasseth to St. John's before he chose Tennessee. So he's sitting out? He's, he's sit a sit-out. Okay. He and Banton are your two sit-out guys. Shamil Stevenson was – they added him right before I left. He was kind of an intriguing one to me just because he, he seems like he's got the skill set where he can play from the outside but also you know, can, can kind of muck it up in the lane too if he needs to. I mean, he's, he's pretty well put together. He's kind of had you know the experience at Pitt of – you know, having played high-level basketball, and you know, you, you get him either right away or you get him at semester. I mean, that that's a pretty nice addition, I think. It might, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think their roster is long. I mean, they've every almost every guy on there. When you looked at them and you look at wingspan and stuff like that, it just just length across the board, which and, is good. It makes up because they don't have a lot of pure bulk. Yeah. Um, I mean, everybody's going to think about it from the offensive end. We know that Doc is kind of the defensive coordinator over there, uh, has said as much. I think he's going to be intrigued by the pieces he has on that side of the floor just from a length standpoint and what how you how you work that. Um, so you that, think it's, that's interesting to me. But Is Doc more of a 3-4 front guy or a 4-3 front <laughs> Yeah, we'll guy. have to get into that. He was a 4-3 when he was here. Now maybe, it's a 3-4. Maybe, maybe he's like Eric Chenander and he doesn't like labels. You know? <laughs> Can we play it all? Oh, uh, last thing for basketball. No more Isaiah Roby announced he's going to stay in the NBA draft, which is later, well, not this month, next month in June. We'll see where he gets taken. Any surprise from either of you on that decision? There was none for me. I expected him to be gone. I assume that he was headed that way um, before he even started working out for NBA teams. Um, yeah, he, he could have come back and you know probably fit in the system pretty well. But when you're when you've got the chance to um, you know get maybe sneak into that first round, I think you got you got to go. And, I'd be surprised if he's outside of the top 40, in all honesty. And, you know, said, oh, you know, he, he's going to go to the NBA DL and, you know, really, you know, get lost there or have to play abroad. And I mean, that's that's still an okay thing. I mean, you're, you're making six figures in Europe or something like that. that that's not bad. But, I mean, he's he's got the skill set that's intriguing a lot of teams. The fact that he played out of position, I think – makes him more intriguing the fact that you know he did shoot 40 percent from three-point range two years ago I, I think makes him intriguing and I mean just just look at how many teams were trying to get him to work out before the NBA draft combine like they they were wanting to take a really close look at him and I mean he, he had to go in my opinion and, and it's you know best of luck to him he's probably one of the more enjoyable guys I, I think that I've covered with Nebraska basketball uh, just from a standpoint of a, a kid that's really easy to root for, so um, you know, I, I I don't I don't I struggle sometimes to criticize guys for making a decision like that, but I really think that you know it was one that he had to make. I sort of I think he'll be a first round guy actually, because I I think he's one of those prospects which uh, certain teams when you get near the end of the first round are gonna say this guy's got a high ceiling. 
and he's the kind of player you take a chance on at that point in the draft, I think. And maybe if he had gone to the combine and put out a clunker, he has something to think about, although I don't really think he was in that mindset. But he goes there and was one of the better players on the court a couple times he was out there. I mean, you have guys like you know Jay Billis saying, you know, of the two people who stood out to me today, one's Roby. And uh, obviously, you know, those guys are talking to NBA personnel, and I'm sure he was the buzz there. Um, So he's probably leaving there with a lot of confidence. And he knows for sure now he's going to get drafted, and he didn't make – that's the thing. When you make a decision like that, the only fear is, did I really screw this up? Is there some way I'm that story of that guy who uh, puts his name out, doesn't get drafted at all, and is never heard from again? We've seen a few of those. But he assured that he's not by the way he performed at that combine. Absolutely. Well, another thing that Brunt's missed over the last couple weeks – Nebraska baseball has played really well recently. They did not win the Big Ten tournament. They came in second to Ohio State. The Magic ran out on Sunday afternoon. They lost 3-1 to one in that contest, but they played well to get there, and they responded really well on Saturday after getting shellacked in the first game. Your starter can't get out of the second inning, can't get an out in the second inning. Your bullpen scrambles to basically survive to give you a chance in that second game. And freshman Kyle Perry gave them a big lift. You knew that Mike, or excuse me, that Matt Waldron and and Nate Fisher were going to do what they were going to do in the first games. Nebraska scored enough runs. They were in good positions for both of those. But that game against Michigan, a team that's also in the NCAAs, backs against the wall just to, to give themselves a shot at the title on Sunday. Nebraska came through. I thought that was indicative of the team we've seen really since the Northwestern series. I mean, they didn't have a great game against Arizona start to start that Arizona State to start that series. From that point forward, they played pretty good baseball and they're scoring runs. I mean, it's as dumb as it sounds in baseball, a lot of times your teams that look good, it's a matter of they're no longer putting up two or three runs in a game, they're putting up six or seven, and that's what Nebraska's doing right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems that, you know, from the 5,000 foot view that you had a lot of the, the contributions that you were getting from, especially in the lineup. It, it was a nice mix of kind of the Altavilla finally it was started throughout hitting. the lineup. Yeah. But you, you saw guys like Cam Chick, mm-hmm. um, Schwellenbach, Alex Henwood, Henwood, Polanski, uh, some of the newer guys, not, not talking Henwood, but um, some of those newer guys who, kind of seem to be growing up a little bit in what's been a pretty, frankly, a pretty stressful May. I mean, you had, you know, the the weight of not being able to, to hit, struggling and losing that series on the road to Northwestern, having to, to battle back against a good Arizona State team um, and, and really kind of taking it to Michigan uh, in those first two games. Um, you know, those guys have had to grow up a lot. You put Colby Gomez in that group as well. Um and, you know, I, I think that this team is a little bit better served going into an, an NCAA tournament-type setting than the last two times when they've gone 0-2 and, and just, you know, really looked either disinterested or, you know, really overmatched. I mean, I, it just feels like the makeup of this team is better suited for the, for the NCAA tournament, not only because of how they are, but also just because of the last month or so that they've had to play through. I think Fisher <clears throat> Fisher and Waldron give you hope for this weekend. 
And I mean, it to me, it almost all comes down to them. Like the the they need those two guys to deliver back to back. I assume Waldron's going to pitch Saturday. Yeah, I think yeah. It'd be Fisher than they've already named Fisher for Friday against UConn, um, which is smart because you threw Waldron. Even I mean, they didn't overdo it like Ohio State did with their guy, but they threw him fifty-two pitches on short rest. So it, it's just a nice move to put Fisher ahead of them this weekend. Um, but those guys have pitched enough good games uh, the last few weeks that I I think this team's confident. You know they can go out there and potentially shut somebody down. And if you can do that and make Oklahoma State have to come back to you and beat you twice, there's your chance. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with both of you guys on that. I mean, like I said, they've been playing good baseball. I felt like they're a team that's set up to be dangerous in this kind of situation like they were in the Big Ten. I mean, you had Waldron had one bad inning against Minnesota, otherwise was great. Fisher had one bad inning against Iowa, otherwise was great. And they kept those guys off balance. And the thing about both of their pitchers is that nothing they do is extremely out of the ordinary. I mean, it's stuff that's going to travel well. It's pounding the zone with strikes. It's limiting base runners. It's keeping hitters off balance with a nice picks with a nice mix of pitches. I mean, I can't sit here and give you a scouting report of what UConn's going to bring to the table, but I can tell you that Nate Fisher is probably going to give Nebraska a fair shot of winning that game if they go out there and they score runs. It doesn't matter if Fisher and Waldron pitch gems and they're not getting the run support, which we've seen happen this year. But Nebraska has responded pretty well, it seems to me, when they're playing good competition. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them do that again this year. Brunts, I wanted to throw this out there and see if you knew this. Nebraska has played in a regional with the team with the initials OSU the last four times, and three of them have included Oklahoma State. So you've got... They've lost to Oklahoma State twice in their last three regionals coming into... Well, they in 14, they never played them. They lost to Fullerton, and they they uh, they lost to Fullerton twice. Oh, that's right. They didn't. Uh, I forgot they lost that first game to Fullerton. I thought they won that. Yeah, because I that was they won, and then didn't Matt Chapman hit? Matt a Chapman bomb? hit a bomb um, yeah. that second game. That's right. Well, but they, they were they were in the regional. It was right. Still, because I know they didn't play Oregon State either. Right. But they basically had Oklahoma State in three out of their last four regionals. They only played them the 2016. Where they faced the starter the was Cubs the, drafted. Was that the Clemson? Yes. Regional? I think it was Clemson. Yeah. I always forget that one happened. Well, and they played a really good starter in the first round, got drafted by the Cubs early, and then they lost to Coastal Carolina or Western Carolina, the Catamounts, this, in the, the second round. This is an interesting regional to me because you're facing a UConn team that – you, I mean, you could easily flip Nebraska and UConn in the seedings. Um, you know, numbers wise, they're very similar. I mean, UConn made it to their to the the American uh, Championship game. They pitch okay. They're a veteran team that can hit. And you know, Nebraska is going to be facing Mason Fioli in the first uh, first game, and I believe. I mean, I'd be surprised if he wasn't, but. Um, He's got to be a lefty, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you pre- didn't see the preseason American giant hook on Twitter yesterday? I didn't know. You should watch it. It's a pretty good pitch. Uh, so left-hander preseason American all uh, 
preseason American Conference Pitcher of the Year. Uh, you know, they're they're really good relievers, also a lefty. So, uh, you know, Nebraska's struggles against lefties are well documented. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of deal with that, what the lineup looks like. But, um, you know, the, the struggles against left-handed hitting or left-handed pitching are, you know, it's not new for this team. If you're a first-teamer in that conference, you could call yourself an All-American you and be right, couldn't you? You could. I, I would be super tempted <laughs> to just call it the American Conference all yeah. with the Southern accent. I would just introduce myself as Brian Christopherson, first-team All-American, second is, baseman. That is like an All-American-level dad joke yeah. right there. Like oh. You, <laughs> you kind of lean back in your seat before you were. You were pretty excited about that one. So yeah, that's the. <laughs> He's shrugging. Yeah, he, he knows what he is. I should have seen the white sketchers when he came in. <laughs> He's gonna leave here and go throw some stuff on the grill after yep. mowing the lawn. Gonna get sketchers do. Gonna get some fertilizer seed down. Waiting first. for a working hard or hardly working from him. Hot enough for you. <laughs> That'd be a good one too. Anyway, sorry. No. Yeah, did, did we catch you up on everything that you've I, I you've feel, missed for I feel the like most part? Fairly caught up. Apologies to the listeners who have you know been paying attention to this stuff for the last two weeks. But well, they didn't get to pay attention to our last podcast. That's if, true. If you listened all the way through, God bless you. I mean, I that was some bad audio. We're not entirely sure we know what happened, though. Just the have, level of incompetence on one theory, side of the we table. Have theories. You know, there's theories. <laughs> definitely theories. Really, it's Brunt's fault. Is the way that he should I see never it. leave. Yeah. So, but we're we're happy to have him back. We're happy to have this podcast back. We're happy to have you back. We're happy to have you on our site, viscuthusker247.com. Be sure to check out. You know, if if you want to get some recruiting information, if you're just desperate for some recruiting news, June is a big recruiting month. Right now, hit the website for just a dollar. You can get. The entire June recruiting month, everything up until the dead period, the barbecue happening on June 21st, the official visitors that we've got experts dropping by telling us about. Nebraska's got several already slated for the month of June. I promise there's going to be commitments coming. You'll want to be a member of Husker 24-7 when that happens. So be sure to check out the website. We'll have plenty of baseball coverage. We'll have camp coverage. BC is going to go listen to the Moose Man here soon. We'll have some of that. We'll have all of that for you at Husker 24-7. And we'll be back next week with another podcast.